I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glover's Cast. If you thought last Tuesday was bad, well, wait till you hear us talk about this Saturday. <laughs> you, you, hang on, you thought last Tuesday was just fine. Yeah, no, I said if you thought last Tuesday oh, me. was bad. Well, well, maybe, and anyone else. Um, yeah, <laughs> wait till we talk about Saturday. Uh, you've heard Ben. Hello. Dave is back from his, uh, what are you doing? You went out for a meal, didn't you, on Thursday? I did, uh, it's, a, it's a real honour to be to be here as a friend of the podcast, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 honoured to uh, to be invited back again. So thank you. It's a real it's a real pleasure. Dan, big shoes to fill. Uh, I don't know what Foxy wears, but he works for Clark, so uh, I imagine he's probably uh, he's probably well measured out for his uh, brogues or whatever he's got on. But yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Always welcome. Always welcome. Uh, first, first big question of the evening: What did you have for your meal? On your Thursday, that was so. I I, I went very uh, yeah. I uh, I I had this in the diary for quite a while with um some friends from work and uh, yeah I didn't I didn't want to stand them up but I went very northern. I had steak and kidney pudding, chips and mushy peas. That's like That's the most it. northern thing I could have. <laughs> but this was quite a posh version of all of those things. If you can have posh mushy peas, I had posh mushy peas. Any more northern? Constitutes a posh. Yeah, what constitutes a posh? A- and they had like mint in them and uh, things like that. Grated some polo on the top of it. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It had uh, had like an accent on the mushy peas. Yeah, <laughs> le mushy, <laughs> le pie de mushy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, <laughs> we're doing that thing where we avoid the conversation, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the, yeah. The first... well, Ian, you were there, mate. You were the one that saw Maidstone score three goals. Yeovil score one, and each of us get a point out of the end of it. <laughs> Matt, Matt Worthington and Jerry Johnson would both fight you to do disagree with that, that statement. I think the press association <laughs> has changed their mind today. By the way, oh, have, have they? they? They have. They have given it as a Sam Bone own goal, 
definitely wasn't Fisher's. No. no. <laughs> of all the people it could have been, it definitely wasn't his. Yeah. No. Um, we went 1-0 down against the worst team in the division, Ian. What was about? Oh, yeah, well. I don't know. Should we take it to the lineup? Mm. Um, I was a bit surprised there was no strikers. But then I was also a bit surprised when we were told it was going to be a, a back three because it almost looked like it was a made-to-measure 4-3-3 again, really, just with, you know, perhaps Oliver Bory up front. But, yeah, the, the back three with Maguire drew at left wing back and um, Akbaji was right wing back. It was everything, you know, we've moaned about a back three a lot this season. And I know in the second half it worked. It was great. But that first 15 minutes or so before we changed it, it was everything miserable about the back three, like in terms of players not coming short to get the ball, no real out ball. The way Maidstone set up, we just couldn't play through them at all. Um, so, you know, it was pretty apparent that it wasn't working. And obviously Mark Cooper switched it at a quarter of an hour or so and moved Ben Richards Everson to left back and, Morgan Williams to centre. I was surprised at that. I thought it might have just been a bit sensible to put Morgan Williams at left back, um, seeing that he did it on Tuesday. But yeah, and just the vast majority of last season, it just never, just never clicked in that first half at all. Um, like Oliver Bory was doing, you know, doing what you'd expect, uh, you know, a nippy player to do on the last line in the defence and looking for those balls over the top, but we just couldn't get the ball to him. Um, and even when we got it out wide, you know, when we, we moved Ben Richards' evidence to left back and he'll be the first to tell you he's not a left back and he's not going to be, you know, the type of player to get forward and get crosses in the box, but we just, it was, it was dire. And the supporters, you know, supporters let him know at half time yeah. <laughs> with the uh, booze, but I thought, Maidstone, and I know we said on, we, you said on, the, on on Friday's episode that Wildstone were crap and that's why we played well, but I think this was an example of us being crap and making Maidstone look like they were 10 times the team that they are, because some of the football they played, well, you, you saw it on the first goal, they cut through us so easily yeah, but you they... saw it twice before the first goal yeah. there was almost like carbon copies of the goal after, for two occasions where they played the ball through our defense everybody stood off them and uh, and just seemed to be quite happy for them to, to to come at us yeah they just and they moved it around nicely they they were sort of set up the same way we were at the start they had a, a three a three five two as well and we couldn't get through them and they got thrust ridiculously easily um, what did you make of their opening goal then you mentioned it already that they cut through us a bit easy were we a bit lackadaisical defensively that we had opportunities to stick a boot in think give we a were... free kick away to clear the ball to do something we had chances during that little phase of play i think we were passive they did move it they did move it nicely and i think when they get into the box there's that back hill which totally catches everyone out a little bit and then there's so much space on the edge of the box it's a good finish I think it's a really good finish just to take that first time you can only take it first time but he has to you know deliberately place it in that corner um he he was it, it was a great goal but when you watch it back at the time I thought it was just 
really well played because they moved the ball around. A lot of players have had a touch of the ball as they got it through the team. But yeah, when you look it back, it's just too easy. It reminded me. It reminded me of some of our moments earlier in the season when it felt like teams just cut through us and yeah. yeah. And when he changed the formation, which was pretty quickly by the sounds of it, yeah. it um was there a marked difference? Um, we had a we we got more of the ball. I think I think we managed to pick the ball up a little bit more and and. We were a lot less passive, um, but it was still just, I think, Maidstone, the way they were set up, as soon as they got their goal, it was immediately back five, compact, all within inside the width of the 18-yard box, and it was yeah. near impossible to, to get through them. And we, obviously, we had Jack Clark. He didn't have a brilliant game and came off at half time. Jordan Maguire-Drew didn't really see much of the ball. I don't think I said his name much in the first half at all. Um, we just didn't get those players on the ball. It was a lot of sort of Charlie Cooper coming to get it off a defender or Lawson Diaf coming to get it off a defender and sideways and backwards, which was, I I know we, we think differently about Tuesday, but again, on Tuesday when we were going sideways and backwards, we quickly went forward and there was a clear tactic of, you know, how we were going to do it. Whereas it was all very much, uh, I don't know where to go. I'll go sideways. I'll I'll go backwards. There's no <clears throat> real get out from from those positions. And yeah, that was not frustrating. Another word, miffed. What word have you been using today, Dave? Miffed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah Mark Cooper definitely, definitely looked miffed. As we're not allowed <laughs> to use the F word, he was definitely miffed. Were you surprised those two came off? It did no. sound like any number of them could come off, but but those two maybe were the right ones. No, I thought we needed a striker. I think it was just pick whoever yeah. in that situation. Um, I think, yeah, what Oluwabori gives us, probably you, you want to keep him on. Um, and, yeah, we needed a proper fullback. Really. I mean, the thing I noticed at Dagenham, which is the other time that Jack Clark had played, was that there seemed to almost be a natural connection between him, Maguire, Drew, um, Oluwabore, and they were they were pinging it around, and it was you know with a forward motion as well. But again, I've seen extended highlights from um, from the Maidstone highlights. I didn't see any of that. No, well, we never really got it. Really never really, to play. Never really got it into anyone. Really, I mean, Maguire, Drew was a. When he did come over, we just didn't seem to get the ball to him. I think, and I, I, you know, there's a lot of credit has to go to Maidstone from the way they wanted to protect that one goal advantage. They, yeah. they, they stopped us being able to play through the lines. They, yeah. they were, they were really well set up and well drilled, and we just, we just didn't have that nous to break it down. Really, good word. Nouse, yeah. Miffed and Nouse. We'll go with both of those, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so half time, make the change. Back to a back five, back three, however you want to look at it. Um Chory Johnson on the left and Matt Worthington mm. on the right. Um, back to that position where he was against Torquay. And um we were like 
let's get down the right. Let's get down the right. Um, Jerome Bindon Williams was kind. He was the left wing back for Maystone at this point. And there was before we scored. I think it was before we scored the first goal. There was a moment where everyone was running back, and he was really struggling to get back. And you saw just Matt Worthington push the afterburners, and was like, like an option all the time. And wow. to the point that if we didn't get the ball to Matt Worthington, I think Mark Cooper and Chris Todd were like waving their arms about, like trying to say, "Get him over it." Mm. Um, yeah, and and we just got we had a lot more of the ball, and but ironically, the you know the the goal we score comes from a hoof into the box, and obviously that's yeah. you know that's that's a bit reductive. It was more than a hoof into the mm. box. It was, it was well, you know, you could see Morgan Williams. I, I know, I, I noticed on the commentary, Sheridan said, oh, lovely ball into the box. And then you summarized it as a hopeful ball into the box for Morgan Williams. And well, when I saw it, I thought, uh, it's more of a lovely than a hopeful, I think. But yeah. <laughs> well, can it not be both, Dave? Well, yeah. Lovely, beautifully hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lovely ball, but it was also hopeful. I yeah. mean, let's I think stand sure Morgan. Should we stand Morgan? There. Let's stand Morgan Williams there every night this week and see if he can reproduce that ball to Alex Fisher's right boot, shall we? I do hope this delightful football ends up just where I want it to. (laughs) But it was, uh, yeah, it it was in terms of the ball was in like the perfect area. And, you know, Alex Fisher's got to watch that come a long, long way. Not easy to finish, is it, at all? That no. is not an easy finish. To catch it on the full and get it right, it's very easy to put that into the car park. It's very, it. very easy to put that onto the non-core land. Very <laughs> and, easy. And to get it top bins as well. Top the, the, bins. The, the aesthetic of a top bins rather than it just, you know, scrambling past the keeper. And he then fell over. Nearly Klinsman slided it out. Yeah. It Tried. was all like one motion. Top bins, slide. Yeah. That's Great goal. Big fan uh, a really, really good goal. And then you sort of felt the momentum turn and then he goes and gets his second. Goal of the season so far? Ooh. We haven't had I many. I think of too many. Yeah. Think. Uh, That's the Lint's only one we've scored. What about Linton's in against Rex? Oh, yeah. Sorry, nice. Alex. You'll get a nomination for the Glovies, but you ain't. Different there. different goals though, aren't they? Very well, different yeah. goals. Yeah. Okay, but... But Linton's but was think... like a out of rage, smash this in the top corner, yeah. and yeah, they'll they'll be different horse, different horses for courses on those goals, I think. Yeah, but um, I think Mark Cooper admitted in his post-match interview that he got it wrong in the first half and he picked the wrong team. He said, "I'll I'll take the fall for that one," didn't he? And and brought on a brought on a striker, and it sounded like that was exactly what was what was needed, and then. The second goal came pretty quickly after, didn't it? Was it three minutes later? Yeah, it did. And it was down that right-hand side where Worthington was getting a lot of joy. And again, he, for a player who's played centre midfield for the most of his career, he is a fucking good right wing back. Oh, <laughs> oh hello. Said the word. He, he's, in da- he's in danger of playing himself into being our first-choice right wing back at the moment because he's so good at it. Um, Sign him on. Get him in. Get it done. But, the uh yeah he just he found a way of just he, he the way he crosses not on that particular one but i suppose on that one as well he just crosses it into like the perfect area every time um nothing hopeful about it no nothing hopeful enough just lovely 
Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so he gets that, that ball across. Obviously, a load of bodies in the way. Ricochets over the back post and Troy Johnson lets it go past him into the goal. I noticed that Worthy, Worthy has claimed it, and uh, Jerry Johnson has uh, has just to put a little emoji on his uh, on his tweet, just uh, someone with his hand up. <laughs> so I think they're both claiming it. I think the only man who isn't going to claim it is the one who probably did score it, which was the Mason defender. Yeah, yeah, and then so at that point you think, yeah, ah, yeah, there we go, <laughs> there we go. Let's go and get another one. We got no reason to, you know sit back or do anything silly let's carry on and keep that momentum because it was all us it was all us and yeah then we had a corner in the 90th minute and uh get the big men forward let's whip it in ah (laughs) i understand it i do understand it do you had the the five minutes been given by this point did yeah, they know so. they had five minutes? I think so. See, that's where I think it's irresponsible. I don't think you can hold a ball physically for five minutes. No, in no, but I understand the thinking. I understand the reasoning. I don't think it was, it was obviously the wrong thing to do, but I understand because that's what, you know, when teams are confident, that's what they try and do. I, I'm like, going to say Mark Cooper doesn't understand. No. <laughs> I don't think he understands it at all by the look on his face. I think he was very lacking in understanding of what has happened there yeah and did you hear him screaming for a third <laughs> yeah for a third <laughs> that's what you said he was doing wasn't he uh well i couldn't i couldn't hear it no, but, <laughs> well, uh, no. You yeah i think job. when it goes short and they lose that ball and it's ah, uh, yeah. it's oh weird did they they didn't show it on the highlight package did they no not that straight to the free kick corner, yeah. and it's just yeah three on two in the corner I think Charlie Cooper's got a he's got a pass out he can make. I think Worthington's there and he could pass it back to Worthington, but he gets dispossessed. Maystone lump it forward. Morgan Williams is forced into a tackle that he doesn't want to make and fouls a man. And then it's that free kick. And yeah. Like I don't I it's no fault of Lawson Diaths, but Lawson Diath marking the giant right someone else should say hang on a minute i'll pick him up (laughs) well it seemed to be he was marking him and then it's almost like he thought he saw just daunton and he thought oh actually you have him (laughs) but nobody told just daunton and then suddenly just daunton's behind him and obviously man the size of bin and williams once he's moving it's probably difficult to stop him isn't it no, and it's a great header. Like he's still, mm. from where it is, you know, it's he's still got quite a bit of work to do to to get it in. And yeah, on that one, Grant Smith was absolutely helpless. Yeah. And then that was the big. Ah, oh, here we go again. I told you, you your question on Friday's podcast day, Groundhog Day. Yes, movie yeah. of choice around the time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we are again. Yeah. And do you know, I, until I looked it up today to write my blog, I had no idea what Groundhog Day actually meant. I've seen the film, but I didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, yes. I think at that point, there's still a couple of minutes left, and you think oh, maybe we can get it, but just yeah. the wind from the sails is gone. Yeah. Ben, give us Hello. the. Di- 
Give us the description of Ben and Williams that you put in our WhatsApp chat, because I thought that was brilliant. I simply asked why Lawson Diaz was uh, put in charge of marking a fridge. <laughs> the human equivalent of a fridge was how you described him. Exactly. And when I saw him, I thought... He's a big fella, isn't he? But, you know, George Ellicobi, who's their mm. caretaker yeah, manager, yeah. when he played, he was a human equivalent of a fridge as he well. Was. He was massive. Um, yeah. And I think Ben and Williams is cut from the same cloth. Well, in that first half, Ben Richards Everton was picking up Ben and Williams. He's a big fridge, isn't he? He's like yeah. a, he's like one of those chest freezers <laughs> with the uh, with the, the like ice uh, machine on the front of it. I think American style. Yes, big. Um, so that was yeah, that was really really annoying. Um, yeah, when you look at the draw on Tuesday night versus the draw on. Yesterday, Saturday, just very different, you know. It was one was a draw in adversity with down to ten men and under pressure for a little bit, and the other was oh, we've thrown this one away. And I think Alex Fisher said after it was one of those where it felt like a loss. Um, in the way that it happened in the same way that when we drew with them up at their place. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, similarly gutting. But so I obviously wasn't here on Thursday for Friday, but I did listen. Um, and whilst I did not disagree with anything Ben said and his um, his reasons for saying it in terms of the statistical reasons and the <laughs> no shots on target being the biggest statistic of all of that, I I personally felt closer into Ian's camp on the on my opinions on the um on the first half particularly against Wilson. my thought on all of that and I wanted to ask you about how because uh, I'm not sure how this correlates with with Saturday is that I think Ben is of the opinion that we can do something this season as in we can be pushing up towards the playoffs we can be better you know higher up the table than we are I don't think Mark Cooper is I think Mark Cooper would be quite happy for us to be comfortably mid-table, but to start the rebuilding process, which he he's spoken about many times in terms of he he said, isn't he? Oh, if I had a preseason and all of that. I think if Mark Cooper and and I'll come on to the point, but um, our season finished when we appointed Chris Hargreaves and we didn't well. We probably did realise it at the time, in in a way, because I don't think any of us said at the time, yes, Chris Argus is my guy. I think I was I was Team McAllister. Jamie McAllister would have been the man for me. Um, Chris Hargreaves was the man who was appointed. And I think after that, we all quite rightly as supporters thought, well, we no, nothing's gonna change the fact that he's the manager. So let's let's support this guy. And 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 we did, although relatively soon became apparent that it wasn't going to work out um, for him. And probably even then, speaking for myself, I probably backed him because he was a nice guy. And I thought, oh, I really want him to do well. Um, if we'd have appointed Mark Cooper at that point, that would have been, we all of these things that we're seeing now would have been happening in those first few games of the season where the preseason would have probably ironed out a lot of what has come already and I would say we'd probably be into I don't know that Ultranum game at the end of August by now and and we, we, we'd we be ironing ourselves out to the extent where 
hopefully would have brought his own players in by that point and uh, or more of his own players and we would be in a position where we would be stronger going into September, October, whereas now we're obviously beginning of February and, and we find ourselves in this position. So to, for, for, for my money, that's on the, the owners um, and the, 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 the board, the people who appointed Mark, um, point Mark Cooper, the people who did point Mark Cooper, but the people who appointed Chris Argreaves um, and the reasons why they did it. Um, and I, I think that's basically because he was the, he was probably a cheaper option than Mark uh, Mark Cooper. I imagine Chris Argreaves uh, came uh, didn't come at, at quite a premium that you get with an experienced manager like um, like Mark Cooper. So I'd say that's on them, um, and everything that has come since then is on is on them as well. As I say, as fans, we just have to go along with it. We have to we have to support, and we don't get any choice over who is the um, over who is the manager. Um, otherwise, our poll might have decided that it was somebody else, but. We, we don't get that option. I'd say as supporters, we all supported Chris Hargreaves. The vast majority of people backed him to do well, turned up, cheered, did all the things that supporters are supposed to do. But in one breath, whilst I'll, I'll criticise the ownership for doing that, I'll credit them for realising their mistake. They've never said it's a mistake, but I'm going to say it's a mistake. Um, and getting rid of him at a point that wasn't terminal. Uh, and bringing in someone who, quite obviously, is the right man for the job, is the person that they should have got in to start with. And we can all sit here and question, well, why didn't they do that then? But as um, my my uh, <laughs> my friend uses the expression, if my auntie had bollocks, he'd be my uncle. So uh, they, <laughs> basically to say it doesn't really matter, does it? Because um, uh, because it's happened now so there's the, you can't put the poo back in the horse can you so lots of good analogies coming out here today isn't there? have you lost your train of thought Dave? i have a little bit yeah but but basically i think mark cooper is probably what we're seeing now is him trying to put his style on it and i don't think the results as long as we're not losing and in the relegation zone i don't think that matters to him all that said how does that stack up against saturday do you know what I've missed, Ian? No, we haven't point. had. A, we haven't ate <laughs> apart from the point. I haven't. We haven't had a Dave Coates monologue for a few episodes now. <laughs> I've I've missed that. I've just sat here in silence, nodding along, smiling away, thinking about how to put poo back in a horse. There you go. You can't. That's a point. You, you can't. can't put, no, you can't. No. You cannot. No. You're but my can. point is, he's trying to put his style on this team. Yeah. You yeah. you were right at the start when you said I still felt there was something in this season. And the reason I said that was going into this three-game little mini run here, there was 10 points between 5th and 19th. And it doesn't matter which team you are in between those two, you know one good run changes your season. One bad run changes your season in that group. And off the back of a Dagenham win, we should have taken nine points absolutely should have done going into a break going into a couple of weeks off going into a, a period on the other side where we host Notts County um Woking I think come to us pretty quickly after we resume we've got to squeeze in a game to Wrexham we've got a away game at Gateshead you know some minging little fixtures coming up in the next little run I felt like to go into that run with a, a, a vein of confidence three wins puts you 200 people on the gate next time it comes back around and you've got the chance 
to do something. And, and for me, we didn't. And we threw that away and it was a huge missed opportunity. Can, can I ask, going into the Dagenham game yep. and this run of three, mm-hmm. before Dagenham, how many points would you have taken? That's a good question. It would have been a minimum of six. Probably the two home games, probably not the Dagenham one. Take a point yeah. out of Dagenham and win the two home games, you take seven and you're happy. In the end, we've not done that. We've won the Dagenham game and then you go, go on then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just the order, know, the order that they've fallen. Yeah, and is, the, the, the is, feeling of momentum. We've, yeah. We feel like we've lost the last one, and now you go into two weeks of feeling like you lost the last game. Who was the last manager to win back-to-back games at Fiovel? Probably Mark Charlie Cooper. Lee. Have we not won back-to-back under Mark Cooper? We've not won back-to-back since the last couple of games of Darren Saar. Yeah, so that's the last time we won back-to-back league games. It's, that, it's those little things where you go, you tick those little things off as you go. You beat Dagenham and then go into Wheelston. You've won back-to-back games for the first manager since Darren Sahl to do back-to-back games. Charlie, I think these games are... Horrible. No, 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 no. I don't think they are. I don't Notts think they County. are after these. But so oh. Notts County is horrible, yeah. But then everyone, we've got Maidenhead. York. Away, York away. And then Altrincham at home before Woking and Eastleigh. So you've got that run York are of... in free fall. York are in free fall, but it's still a long, it's still a long away day, and I'm on commentary, so we'll be rubbish anyway. Um, Maidenhead and Altrincham. I mean, all of those games sound winnable to me. Yeah, so did Maidstone, bottom of the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I think, and that's why we are where we are because when even look at Wildstone away at the start of the season, Mm. and someone did. I was there. I looked at it. Someone called me out on. One of our five conclusions when I said, if we don't beat Wildstone, if we're not beating Wildstone, we're not going to get out of this division and said, well, you can't write off our season in September. Just on Who those results. You out, was it me? No, I don't know. It was in the comments ages ago. I've obviously clutched onto it, waiting, waiting for the moment. To be like, see, I, I told you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that's why we're not going to make a run for the playoffs yeah. because of those, because of the, the, the draw against Wildstone as well as we played, but t- second half with 10 men and first half against Saturday against Maidstone. We may as well have not turned up for it and just played the second half. But isn't, isn't that my point? Add four points onto what we've got now for the two draws and we're in 14th, same points as 13th and 12th. And as it stands, four points off the playoffs. Yeah, 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 but that's if what I'm saying. Maybe, yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. That's why we are where we are because we can't. We, we but you understand my context, problems. and you understand yeah. you understand my miffness yeah. at the whole situation. Is that this yeah. was a huge opportunity, especially off the back of the Dagenham game. Whether we actually made the playoffs or not is kind of irrelevant. No, I, I like I said at the beginning of that monologue, I do understand. <laughs> The coach monologue. I do understand uh, what it is you're saying and why why it is you're saying it. Um, but Mark Cooper said after the game that he's probably asking players to do things that they can't do. Is that not a telling point that ultimately our our team is not good enough to do the things that we need to do to do that against Wildstone and to do that against Maidstone? Or is, is that completely wrong? Devil's advocate. Yeah. He's asking Ben Richards Everton to play at left back. He can't do it. But you've got left backs. You've got Jory Johnson who can do it. You've got Morgan Williams who can do it. 
you've got left backs. Yeah, but then, uh, you know, obviously super unfortunate. And Shory Johnson's oh, yeah, that's... injured himself in the second half as well and has struggled with injury at points through the season. Um, yeah, I think, and the other thing I, I think as well is if you're a manager and you know how you want your teams to play, regardless of whether they're quite able to do it or if you're building for next season and, you know, it's a perfect time to try and implement it and, you know, pick up results on the way. And then you also are able to evaluate those players and think Mm. he's not going to be able to do it. So we'll have to move him on in the summer. I, I don't think, I don't think I would want to come in and be like, I'm just going to shut up shop for the rest of the season and try and get something. I've got to try and get a, you know, build a bit of an identity. And rather not build an identity in 11th. Cause as it stands and to flip the whole idea on its head of the fact that this league is so crazy that you're never far away from up and going up and down. We do only sit four points off the drop zone. Yeah. In this crazy situation. So as much as it was an opportunity to go upwards and start the the momentum of actually trying to get to 13th, 14th, 12th, 11th, 10th. It's also an opportunity to go, well, we've left them behind. Yeah. But as it stands, what are we, 32? Gates said 28. Torquay 26. They've picked up a couple of results. Gone thought would start to get better, you'd think, before too long. And whilst we're out of action in the next couple of weeks. You know what I mean? It's those that's that's why I was yeah, and you know. I was just honest about it, and I'm. I know. I know that has annoyed people who didn't quite understand what I was trying to say, but I've tried to explain myself. I think don't have to explain perfect. yourself, Ben. I was say, you don't have to explain yourself. You're perfect. You're as entitled to your opinions as anyone. I had. You paid tennis to watch, so did I. I had a message from um, someone on Saturday saying, "Have you and Ben swapped personalities or something?" Because <laughs> <laughs> they thought they thought the football was terrible on Tuesday. <laughs> So it's, you're not alone in thinking it. That's the thing. We just have a voice on a podcast, and you know, we just figured out how to plug microphones into a computer and press record. Mm. <laughs> I think a part of it as well is that all we did. I haven't even done that yet. <laughs> have you have you plugged your power in? I don't want another episode like a couple of weeks ago. Are you, well, are you, do you know? Actually, in? I'm just going to check this because I, I, there's a very good chance I haven't. Oh no, I have. I'm fully charged, hundred percent. To just to finish off, I do also think it's worth noting that I'm miffed because our players are better than they were. We've got better players now. We've got a better manager now. I, I agree with what everyone said. We needed we needed a Mark Cooper to come in and sort of end the nice guy era. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. But we didn't need another nice guy. We needed, no we needed some... Mr. Nice guy. What he said. So that's... Alice Cooper, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. think we've got better players, better manager. I want better from him. There you go. So do you think either of you and uh, the games you've seen under Mark Cooper, that you see what Mark Cooper, the football you imagine Mark Cooper will play? First half Tuesday. Just with more shots. Because I would say that Dagenham game that I saw was uh, first half, second half we sat back too much, but first half was definitely and there was cutting edge there as well there was forward forward play maybe because you know Dagenham were um, have a sort of a, a forward mentality to themselves as well which we we 
we, we took advantage of. But I saw something there that I thought, oh, yeah, if it carries on like this, it could be pretty good. And that was with no strikers on the pitch, so no Linton or Fisher there. Well, I think Jordan Young is a striker. Mm, yeah. I think he's more, he was more of a striker than Andrew Oluwabori is, isn't he? Yeah. He's just a different kind of... He's just not... I, sure? Mark Cooper said it, didn't he? He said he understood the frustration of supporters mm. wanting, like, in terms of bringing a target man on, but he's reluctant to do that because it means you just lump it forward and don't play, which, you know, that kind of gives a big hint about why he's brought in Jordan Young and why he maybe looks at other strikers. And then you're looking at who is, who have we got already who can play that kind of role. Do you think is Linton that sort of striker? I, I think he's probably got that about him. Um, and I thought what he said about Alex Fisher was really, really telling as well in that he said he's been, well, he said he's been his best mate since he, since he was, since he's come in. Um, but he needs to do what he did in the second half every game, which he, you know, in that against Wilson when he came on, he just was not in the box. He was by the corner flag trying to make things happen. He wasn't in the box where he's going to get goals and yeah. I, I get the point and you know maybe Mark Cooper will turn Alex Fisher into a proper goal scorer but it's I feel like Mark Cooper has the way with the words publicly that I think makes him a really good man manager the way he came out and defended Owen Bevan for a bad challenge <laughs> and sort of defend no it wasn't red card no no we won't be able to repeat it but you know, he's trying to defend his player. The way he has these little comments about Alex Fisher, he's challenging Alex Fisher there. That's what he's doing. He's saying, yeah. go and score me goals. You've just scored one and earned one. Go and do it every damn week. Yeah. I heard Nathan Jones on the radio earlier talking about Southampton and he was talking about them losing 3-0 at the weekend and saying that wasn't my team out there. That wasn't a team that reflected me. And all the best teams reflect them. You look at like Guardiola and Arteta to use two good examples at the moment. But Nathan Jones said, yeah, I, you know, as a player, he said I was edgy and spiky and nasty and all of this, which I'm not sure he, he was, but you knew what he was saying. I vaguely remember Mark Cooper as a player. And I do remember him being one of those that he could leave a boot in if he needed to, but equally he was a good, it's probably not dissimilar to Charlie Cooper, not surprisingly probably, um, as a as a midfielder, he's a bit shorter, but um, but he um, there wasn't a lot of him in that first half by the sounds of it. No. No. No, it, it, was, a, it was that he wasn't getting on the ball like he did. It was no. very much... Um, and when he was getting on it, it was, there's no one in front of me. I need to lump it long and hope Andrew, the right winger, wins a header. Yeah, Andrew, their centre forward, so right, right wing. Yeah. Um, but he put in some great crunching tackles in the second half. Like, really put himself about. Loves a tackle. Good. More he's, of those. He's the enforcer. The midfield enforcer we need. No game for a couple of weeks now. What are we going to do? Um, we could just answer GCQs every yeah. day, all day. Okay. Shall we? I have got some on Facebook. Have you? And I've clicked all comments, so I know that they're there. <laughs> have you Have you got them from all areas, though? Yeah, all areas of Facebook. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's only one on the green and whites one. I, I, 
I've been reading it um, a couple of times and I'm not 100% sure that it's a question. <laughs> That's okay. Is there a question mark at the end of it? Well, yeah, kind of. So, I, um, yeah, okay. Well, let's let let's uh, let, let's start with Rob Graham has put a picture on um on our picture of his little child, two days old, and he said, "Is it okay to bring him up to Hate Weymouth?" Yes. Are, we, are we all right with Rob bringing a child up to Hate Weymouth? Permission <laughs> granted. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did reply back telling him it was mandatory, but yes. Congratulations <laughs> to Rob and uh, and Mrs. Graham as well on that. Um, Lee Riggs, can we break the record for draws in a season? Currently, twenty three: Exeter, Hartlepool, and Cardiff. And then Clevo says, "What is the record number of draws in a league campaign?" Our historical statistical oracle. Ben's only FA fans. Yeah. What have we got? Yeah. Oh, me. I'm not the historical oracle. <laughs> well, no, let's you not are. Banding, let's not I go banding about titles that are due I... to other people. <laughs> okay. I couldn't. I, I, I didn't have the time to ask Nigel, so I'm relying <laughs> on you. So, um, 23 is the joint record. It's actually held four different ways. Norwich City have one from the late 70s where they also drew uh, 23 games, but that was in a 42-game season. The three that are referred to in the question, Exeter, Hartlepool and Cardiff, are all 46-game seasons. So 23 is the record. Now, they're all Football League records, or the equivalent of what would be Football League now, so League 1 League 2. So in terms of the conference, National League as it is now, I went back as far as I could go on the bus journey between my work and my house. Um, as you know, currently we have 14 draws and 28 games. Is that right? Correct. Last exactly. season, we finished with 14 draws from 44 games. We can't is, draw another one. <laughs> which was a league high alongside Chesterfield. So one more draw from this season. We've already beaten anybody from last season. In 2020 to 2021, we only drew seven games. The league that high was when was... we were crying out for a draw at some point, wasn't it? Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah we were that bad. Um uh, we drew seven at the league high was 16 for Boreham Wood. So something to aim for in uh, 1920. There were only 37 league games because of the, you know what we drew nine Sutton drew 14, 1819. The record was 16 from Boreham Wood again. Mm. Very much. Oh, early in the draw them wood. Draw wood. Draw wood. <laughs> now I went back as far as around about 0809. So, um, sorry, no, I went back to when we won the league in 03. You had work today, didn't you? Yeah, but this was on the bus home. Oh, um, okay. I went back to um, 0203, and the record is currently tied for the National League. 0809, York, and in 1718, um, Wrexham, they drew 19 games. Wrexham were playing in 1718. That's amazing. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, so, <laughs> in 46 game seasons, Wrexham, 2017 18, and York, 2008 2009. They both drew um, 19 games. The interesting one I thought was in 14-15, Bristol Rovers drew 16 games, which was a league high by a distance, and they got promoted through the playoffs. So it is doable. <gasps> the hope that kills you, Ben. It's the uh, hope that kills you. scripted that one out. Wasn't it? So anyway, <laughs> what, what's the answer to the question? I, I was going to finish by 20. saying, but don't get too excited because York were relegated with 17 a couple of years later. <laughs> right. Um, so the record is 23 if you're counting um, from the EFL upwards. But if you're talking conference, to my best knowledge, it's 19. Okay. So five more to equal. And a we'll, lot of time we'll, to do it. We'll do that. No worries at all, I would have thought. Yeah. 
Um, well, Cleaver did have a set. He did ask that question, but he did have a second part, which was um, if you could sum up our season on the pitch in one word with a draw percentage of 50%, what would it be? His is frustrating, which, as we all know, is oh, a bad word on this podcast. Cleaver, who? Um, mine would just be a a sigh. Yeah. <laughs> I would have the word stale, as in stalemate. Ooh. As yeah. in stale bread. I think yeah, well, it is, isn't it? It is a bit stale. Stale bread. And you don't... I think I would go for... Not even good for toasting. No. Extended exhalation as well, I think I would go for, yeah. Um, Anthony Holmes. So does the manager know his best side or not? Because I don't know how he can say that he picked the wrong team. I know we blame the players and I know booing doesn't help, but give us something to cheer about then because it's getting really bad to watch. Sorry for the rant. I need to apologise, Anthony. This is a safe space. This yeah. is a safe space. Rant away. I did last week. Yeah. Felt better for it. Does Mark Cooper know his best team? Yay or nay? I think he does, but I think he also knows that three or four of them don't play for us. Yeah. I was going to say, I think he does, but the, the players <laughs> are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we can underestimate how big a miss Jamie Record is. Massively. I think he's yeah, such Bevan. an important player and just Bevan. in terms of his experience and leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree. I think, did he say when you miss record and you miss Bevan? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's yeah, it's right. a bit of a disaster. Um, yeah, I he knows his best team, but we were missing a couple of them yeah. yesterday, and I think our best team is, you know, a, a long way off. What gets you out of this league? Yeah, upwards. Upwards, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, that's all the questions from Facebook. What okay, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Chris Fox asks, What have you three done to annoy Mr. Hellier apart from speak the truth? <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't actually genuinely mean to annoy him, but um, uh, if anybody my very good friend Sarah is listening. She won't believe this whatsoever. But um, <laughs> I wasn't actually intending to be sarcastic. <laughs> Genuinely, I was not. And, and and I do openly admit, as anyone who knows me, and I know Martin, Helen, and I had never met before, but but I, I am quite sarcastic. But I genuinely wasn't on this occasion. Um, but yeah, there was a picture posted by Martin Hellier of somebody. Uh, it was in the stands, presumably near near where Mike was sat, I guess, in the sponsors area, um, who he said, this is your new owner. And and Martin had tweeted a few days before saying, I hear it's Jed, as in Jed McCrory. Um, And I was like, what a relief, it's not him. So I tweeted, that's not Jed, with a little thinking face emoji. And yeah, that he interpreted that as me being a sarky so-and-so. Which, as I say, if we knew each other, Martin, you'd be well within your rights to think that, <laughs> because I am a Saki so and so, and I, I, I don't, I don't mind admitting it. Um, but on this occasion, I'm, I'm going to put it down to a misinterpretation of what I was actually trying to say. Um, so that's what upset him, I think. But then, 
did post a blog this afternoon and he liked it. So maybe we're friends again. I don't know. We're all green and white. We're all green and white. Well, I mean, that's the thing as well, isn't it? One thing that Martin Elliott has done in his social media um, writings uh, as, uh, is to air a lot of frustrations and point out a lot of things that aren't right with the, with the football club. And I'd like to think that if you go back over the our social media outpourings and writings on our website, I think we've done exactly the same thing. So I would suggest that we're probably on the same team on this one. But um, but there we go. Hopefully, hopefully, if he's liked us again, then he, he, he's not too upset. A question from Dexter Tyson. Congrats. All three of you have been cast in the film remake of Three Men and a Baby. What lie would you each gladly tell the baby whilst they grew up? And what lie did your parents tell you growing up that still annoys you to this day? Uh, Dexter's given us his as well. Uh, mine is that my dad told me the circus took all the naughty kids away every year. I hated seeing the posters of the circus coming to town. <laughs> not a fan of the circus due to my dad. <laughs> I'm not sure I can top that. Um. <laughs> I remember I always used to say to my dad that uh, when he was being uh, mean to me that I'd um, I'd call Childline and he told me good because they'll take you away, <laughs> not me. <laughs> so There's the, the classic meant, of it's not really a lie, is it? But <laughs> the classic of the the ice cream van when it plays the music that means the ice cream's run out. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. Um. um what, what lie? What lie would you tell the baby though? I don't. I don't know Three Men and the Baby, so I'm reading up on the uh, synopsis uh, directed by uh, Doctor Spock. Right. There you go. Uh, Tom um, Selleck, wasn't it? Tom Selleck was one of them, wasn't he? He's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what lies did they tell the baby? Um, what lies no would idea. we tell the baby? Um, well, if they were Yeovil Town supporters, you could say to him, "Ah, it's good sometimes, though." <laughs> Yeah, you'll never support a more winning football team. Exactly, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, the lie we could say is it's not always like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll come to love a draw in the end. <laughs> okay. I'm still reading the synopsis of two, three men and a baby. Yeah, sorry. Booking his tickets to the cinema now. Like. <laughs> well, I'm more, yeah, apparently the sequel was just terrible. Didn't know there was a sequel. Four men three and men. a baby. No, three men, three men and, and a, a little lady. And a little lady. There you yeah. go. All right. Okay. Yeah. Moving on um, because it is late. James Drew, would any of our players that are on loan or in our youth team make our squad in the next match day? Da, 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 Charlie Bateson. <laughs> <laughs> Get him in. He's the new Ben Johnny Jr., I tell you. Lad can't stop scoring. <laughs> Back-to-back hat-tricks. To be fair, if you can if you can bag a treble against Sherbourne School and then Wimborne Town under 18s, I can I do think, it. I think I, I think Notts County is uh, yeah, child's play. It will be. Get him in. Do Get it. him in. Yeah. Sign scores. We're on the pitch. Um, but no. any, any loanies on loan watch who are out of the squad could do with some match fitness for us. Um, I'd, I'm a little bit disappointed that Ollie Hastings hasn't got any minutes recently. I don't know if he's injured or whether or not Finlay Krask is just keeping him out of the squad, which is a horrible, horrible irony. Um, 
but yeah, I because I think he's the one that I think the club rate highest of all, and he's a backup left back, which we could have done with a little bit recently. Um, so I don't, I, yeah, I don't know why. Don't know why he hasn't been playing much. They're doing well stuff. at the moment, aren't they? True. They are doing well. They're flying, and he was uh, like in the squad regularly, but. He, he was class. out for a good period, though, wasn't he? Didn't mm. he drop out for a good period? So, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Get him in. Bring him back. Get him in. Yeah. Don't I did notice Truro, Truro tweeted a, a thinly crask appreciation post, didn't they? This yeah, week. not so. a fan of that. <laughs> Justice for Ollie. Yeah. You could do our, our former loanees loan watch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that would that would be quite an extent. Well, Stephen Cole, Stephen Colker at Wigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there we go. Uh, Robin Bachelor asks: Is the gap between National League North and South? Sorry, is the gap between National League North slash South and the National League now too big? Gateshead and Maidstone have struggled all season. Dorking and York's form has dropped rapidly recently. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's, it's not that big. Weymouth, big have, no. Weymouth have plummeted to the bottom of the one below us. So, was it that big? York it's... beat us at home. Dorking beat us in the FA Trophy and we drew away with them. And what have we just done with Maidstone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we've drawn we with both of them. We haven't beaten any of them, have we? Right. Teams, like, teams like Altrium come up and then turn full-time. So, yeah, it's not that big. There you go, Robin. Slammed. Slammed by all three of us there. You were. Back to work. Mike Watts. Do you think we could see Charlie Bateson or any other academy player feature for the first team between now and the end of the season? Get him in. He's got to, he's got to, uh, I think some of those, some of those academy players have got to be SMPC, haven't they? Mm, see you yeah. at Portland, lads. Yeah. Next Valent- Tuesday. If there yeah. is a Mrs. If there is a Mrs. Bateson, probably too young <laughs> to be married, but um, uh, but yeah, then maybe she'll have to find something else to do on well, Valentine's Day. Will his mum not be Mrs. Bateson? Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a bit weird if he was. Yeah. Anyway, let's not go there. Uh, Rob Manley, former Glovers Cast Quiz Champion, uh, <laughs> wasted a bonus slash good win at the Daggers with dropping four points at home. We're not out of a relegation fight yet, are we? Preach it. <laughs> ben is that gif of uh what was her name? Oh, what's her name? The woman from Sister Act. I can't think of Whoopi her name. Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg, oh, that's it. I was yeah. gonna say Oprah Winfrey then. <laughs> Do you know Oprah Winfrey was what came in my head? I think it's the W. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg going preach. That's it. That's... It's the W. Oprah doesn't have a W. Winfrey. Winfrey does. Oh. Winfrey and Whoopi. Whoopi, Whoopi Winfrey. That would be strange, <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving on. Uh, this is a not a question from former Glover's Casco champion Rob Manley. It's a uh, question as well. No, but the community sports team deserve a shout out. Louis and Ty, cracking job those lads do with the work in schools, plus the hosting of kids' parties on game days. Luca, Rob's son, had a cracking day there on Saturday, by the result, due to the effort these lads put in. Anything to add to that, Dave? Yeah, Dave. Why are you? Why, why? Come on, mate. You're you're the community champion around here. Well, I would say absolutely. I completely agree, and I think they 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 have a very good manager backing them up as well. There, so yeah. Shout out for community sports trust manager Sarah Bradley as well. Thank you. 
Uh, Adam, we've answered Adams. What's the record for most draws? Um, yeah, Adam, we've answered you, Adam. We've answered that one. And um, yeah. Oh, Adam Skinner's asked one. I was going to say, I saw Skinner. Sorry, yeah. Uh, will you be inviting Mr. Hellier onto the podcast? And would you be disappointed if his voice doesn't sound like Scar from The Lion King? The Lion King. <gasps> wow. We have invited Mr. Hellier on before, um, back when he first um, broke onto the scene. Um, and I don't know about you, but I don't think we've ever turned anyone down who said they wanted to come on, have we? Have we? Certainly anybody who was involved in... You you did record a Glover's Pass that will never see the light of day because you turned it down. <laughs> oh, I did, yeah. We yeah. didn't turn them down coming on, though. No, no. no. We, we got them on. We got them on. But, yeah. <sighs> yeah said about that one, the better, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well. Anything there else? We, we what, have got what? something else. Yes, we have got something else. Go on, Dave. Were you going to do it before I introduce something else? I I, I wasn't going to do it, um, but I was. Uh, I was just going to say, what what are we going to do? We've got Thursday, well, Thursday for Friday, <laughs> Sunday for Monday, and another Thursday. Is it two weekends, bro? Possibly. Eight. Well, the, well, the the Sunday for Monday is the big uh, Somerset Men's Premier Cup preview. We're going to get. Uh, <laughs> I I assume you've got a Porton Rovers fan lined up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jake Farrant's going to come on and tell us how he's looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll no, figure no, out. They, we, we, we always figure find a way out. to figure it out. We'll figure it out. They it's get fine. enough out of us. They don't need, yeah. they don't have to have one all the time, do they? There'll be announcements anyway. Scarves on pitches. Scarves on pitches. There'll be announcements. Easy. There you go. Right. Go on. Do you do Tee your, up your exclusive, Ben? Tee up your exclusive. So, I thought we might need uh, to bulk out a couple of these. So I thought we'd needed to have another fans five and I haven't done a fans five ever. And I thought I would break the first famous fans five. Say that after a few thatches. Um, so here answering the famous fans five for the first time is ITV Racing's ITV Sports and most importantly, Yeovil Town fan, Mr. Ollie Bell. You three have got a very good dynamic, you know, all three of you are absolute plebs. Glover's cast, Ben, taking another supporter through one of our fans five now. And this is a slightly different one because I think this is the Glover's cast first famous fans five. Say that after a couple of Thatcher's goals. I'm delighted to welcome ITV Sports, ITV Racings, and of course, Glover's fan, Ollie Bell to the podcast. Welcome to the Glover's cast, Ollie. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. I'm delighted to be on. And um, yeah, great to chat Yeovil. Something that I don't think I get to do all too often, but I'm um, looking forward to this. Well, I was going to ask, actually, before we get stuck into your five, I was going to ask the horse racing industry that you work in so much. There's quite a large Southwest representation within the industry. Are there any other Glovers hiding away? Do you get any sort of banter on race days from the weighing room? Do you know what? When um when we played United in the FA Cup a few years ago at Hewish Park, there were... Sir Alex Ferguson actually owns horses with Paul yep. Nichols and has a lot of success. And I think... Paul Nichols went to Hewish Park as a guest of Sir Alex, but I know Joe Tizard, who's a trainer, um, trains sort of down that part of the world. He's been to a few games. There's a few of us, Chris Sweet, who used to write for the Western Gazette. Um, I'm sure you know him. Yeah, friend of the pod. He's Yeah, he's got a horse with Joe, and so kind of all of us sort of, there would be a few faces you'd know from from down there that I'd sort of run into at games a, a few years ago and stuff, but I don't know whether they're sort of as loud and proud as, as me in terms of supporting, supporting the Glovers, but, um, but I've certainly seen them there and I know they like a day out at Hewish Park. 
They do. And uh, campaign we... fans, though, they turn up for the United FA Cup fixtures. They don't turn up on a cold Tuesday at wherever we are on next week. Wheelston, I think. <laughs> Wheelston and Dorking and all those types of yeah, places. Exactly. And and they don't wear the green and white bar scarf live on ITV Racing on a Saturday afternoon either. The amount of people that went, oh, you're a Celtic fan. I went, no, oh. no, no. <laughs> I know. It's infuriating. Um, I, but I did explain it and I, I was glad to be wearing it. I did say it on air, actually, that it was the oval scarf. So. Nice. Of course, we saw your keepy-uppies as well and uh, ahead of the Euro final when you said it was coming home. And just confirm once and for all, that was a one-take thing, wasn't it? You did that first up? Genuinely, yeah. I mean, no one actually believes me that it was one take, but if it wasn't done in the first take, it would never have been done. So I was very fortunate. Funnily enough, when I was a kid, actually, I I don't know whether it was trials at Yeovil, but we must have been in some a terrible league. But I remember turning up to Hewish Park and playing on like the sort of astro pitch on the side and um yeah I, I didn't get very far obviously but <laughs> i guess i just learned how to do keepy ups when i was younger at, at, at those trials or whatever they were but um yeah thankfully that paid off and and it made me look relatively good at my job but it was um it was just lucky in one take i think if anyone hasn't seen that go and dig it out on one of the social medias or on youtube it's it's genuinely quite impressive right let's go and have a go at our um, fans five shall we and i want to take you back how long has ollie bell been a, a, a yeovil town fan do you remember much about your first game your first season well the first game i remember going with my with a mate of mine simon who lives in kingsden which is where i grew up the village of kingsden so that's but i moved there when i was about I'd say nine or 10. And before I moved to Somerset, I, I've got a confession to make in my very sort of young youth, uh, in, in my younger days, I, I supported Arsenal. My brother was a Chelsea fan. We had a Premier League team. And then we moved to Somerset and so supported the local team. And my mum took me to the to the, to the the game. And I'd say we were, I don't know whether it was Doc Martens, but it was certainly non-league. Mm. Um, I don't think it was, it might have just been conference by then. But anyway, I, I remember going there and I was instantly hooked because the one thing I loved about my first game and was one, you were really close to the pitch and two, you could sort of walk around freely and there was just a load of farmers, I think, that were sort of in the stands <laughs> with me. And so after a while, mum sort of trusted me as I got a bit older and, you know, early teens to sort of go there on my own and and I just really fell in love with the place. So I'd say the first game I went to, I, I couldn't tell you who we played, but I remember it had it was a team with the likes of Michael McIndoe, Kevin Gould, that lot. So it, it would have been conference. But yeah. um, Michael McIndoe played left wing and the stand I was in first half kicked off. He had these white boots on. And I don't know how, how much we can talk about Michael McIndoe these days. But anyway. We've got to be careful, but we can mention it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try carefully. But anyway, <laughs> I used to love the fact that he had these really cool boots on. So he was he was like the early sort of player that I really like sort of followed, and he was a very good player. Yeah. And Kevin Gould used to score all the goals, and um, and funnily enough, like in my job, I obviously interviewed some quite famous people and all that. But I got a tweet from Kevin Gould, and honestly, I lost my head. It was like the people asked me whether I've ever been starstruck. When he sent me a tweet, I was like, "This is absolute mecca for me." He doesn't know quite how much I loved him growing up, but he he was um, he was cool and and obviously a good player. So. Those are my early memories, and, I, and I've, you know, I really reflect very fondly on them. It's funny you mentioned that about Kev. Actually, was that just ahead of the Legends game in the summer? Yeah, yeah. So we come down. Yeah, we on the podcast were very fortunate to be working quite close with with Kev, with Abby, with the people who sort of helped arrange that. We did some of the media stuff and some of the the program stuff, and it still blows my tiny little mind that I'm in a WhatsApp group chat with Kevin <laughs> Gall. It doesn't quite that that does that, that doesn't add up. It doesn't quite make sense yeah. still. 
I got um, a message from a friend of mine, actually, because I live in Earlsfield now and Plough Lane is probably like, I mean, it's literally a two minute walk outside my flat. And Terry Skiverton is obviously the assistant manager there. And someone said, oh, do you want to come for a curry with Johnny Jackson and Terry Skiverton? And I was going, absolutely, yeah. I'll chew Terry's ear off about Yeovil. He'll hate me. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that would have been fascinating to be on a, a, a little fly on that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, let's roll it on then. Let's move into some favourites. Favourite game. I can take you back to any 90 minutes or 120 <laughs> minutes that you can pick from anywhere in Yeovil Town history. Where are we going? I think most people would say this probably. I don't know actually what the spread is, but obviously Forest away. There's a lot of, you asked about racing, people in racing who are Yeovil fans. Well, weirdly, racing has a load of Nottingham Forest fans. So for me, that match was epic because of just the way it played out and unfolded. But the the fact is that Sky put it on Sky Classics the whole time. And every time it's on, I'll send it to every Nottingham Forest fan in racing that I know. And there's just the drama of it, the performance, the 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 nature of of us coming from sort of an impossible position to to then get through was, I mean, I, honestly, every time I watch it, I, I it still gives me goosebumps watching it now, even though it's so many years on. But that was a very special match, and um, as I say, I've taken a lot of satisfaction for many years out of that game. I know it feels a little bit like that with the Brentford situation in 2013. They've gone on to bigger and better things, but we'll always have that one. Yeah. Day. I, I, I was I was one of the lucky thousand at uh, at the city ground that night. Oh, and I, I still don't quite believe all the aspects of it. Every time I, I do exactly the same as you do, you watch the game and you realize that that Alan Wright own goal is just utterly bizarre. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the goal that they score, Scott Doby, he hadn't scored for nearly two years and picks that game to do it in. Yeah. The, all the elements that came to it, it was just drama like no other. And of course, we've had some pretty bad news about Marcus Stewart and the way he's um, been diagnosed with MND this year. But uh, the, to see him drag that team through in that last minute goal to send the game into extra time was just it, it, Hollywood would have would have laughed us out the building if we'd have said I've got this idea for a, a sports <laughs> script it is it is utterly brilliant I'm, I'm glad you've picked that as a favorite game because yeah. you are right it's up there for for, for everyone I think as, to be as, there must have been unreal right like the atmosphere for the fans it was yeah. it was bizarre because I remember I remember turning up and uh, me and a mate were there and I remember a forest fan saying what are you lot doing here yeah and I and all all I hope and pray is that 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 fella thinks about that moment as much as I think about that moment. I hope it eats uh, eats away. I know they've gone on to better things, and it doesn't matter to them one little bit. But I hope every so often he remembers saying that to me. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> that's what I love. That's what I have always loved about being a Yeovil fan, actually. And I'm sure we'll get onto it later. But whatever we achieve or achieved back then, certainly on that run to the championship, it was always like nothing. Like you, you could never have predicted what we were going to do and nothing was expected. So everything was just like, we're having fun doing it. And I think quite a lot of football clubs, probably like Forest, who have been up and down and up again now, you know, they probably have expectations of to as to where they should be. Well, for us, like getting to the championship was a million to one, really, given the size of the club, etc. And everything was just fun. Like I just had so much fun following us because people didn't think we could do it. And then we we were like, we were the plucky underdogs that were massively overachieving because of team spirit camaraderie a nice atmosphere things like that so I'm very proud of the club for that and it's slightly disappointing that seemingly and I've not been to Hewish Park for a while but I'm not sure whether quite the atmosphere is the same but maybe that's because our expectation levels have changed and that's the reason as to why that is 
you've you've touched on that that run to the championship, and that kind of leads us on quite nicely to the next bit. Because when I ask you your favourite moment, you've decided to pick an entire season. That's quite a long moment, Ollie. Yeah, I know. But again, <laughs> it's kind of in line with what I was saying. Yeah. About not really having any expectations because you're you'll know probably clearer than I will that we started that season pretty slowly and then we went on this mad run and it was the year they filmed that I don't know who did it but they did like a behind the scenes DVD have you watched that I have indeed yeah uh, the great late the late great Sue Housley was in charge of most of that for the for the latter stages and yeah um that's it's fascinating viewing it really is and that year and not to name drop but I became because because I was in my career, I was sort of coming back a bit to Somerset, but mainly based in London and things like that. And I work every Saturday now with ITV Racing, which obviously is very restrictive for, for going to games and stuff. But I was able to, I think I was with Racing UK at the time, and I was able to go to a lot of the games. And I became good friends with quite a, well, a few of the players, but particularly Sam Foley, who was in that team, um, and kind of an integral part of that team. So I, I I followed it with real interest because it was it wasn't just the sort of heroes that I saw on the pitch now. It was like my mate. So I was even more invested, I guess, than perhaps before. And he was telling me, you know, about the camaraderie and the team spirit. And and you can see that in the in the documentary actually. And um and I just loved it because every game I was just totally invested. And for a long part of that season we weren't any even when we were on that winning streak and just unbeaten in however many games it was, still people, it was a bit like Leicester. Everyone was like, well, they're going to get tailed off soon. This is just a freak, you know. And then we got to Wembley and then obviously Wembley was amazing and and um, Paddy Madden scored the first. I think Sam assisted him with that. He had a, if I remember correctly, Sam had a shot that deflected into the That's path right. of yeah, yeah, yeah. Paddy his, who then... Sam with his left foot, which I've never seen before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um he'll hate me for saying that anyway it was yeah it was just it was it was magic the whole season and then to have it documented and to hear from the from the lads on the inside and see a lot of that team go on to achieve great things like Luke obviously at Leeds um but they'll always be a part of what was just an amazing year to to be a Yeovil fan Oh, the the whole year was just was just ridiculous. I, I remember quite early on we beat we beat Scunthorpe. I said it a few times we beat Scunthorpe four nil at their place and I remember leaving there thinking this is not a normal Yeovil team. Something somewhere is happening. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was the start of. But then you mentioned that that run just after Christmas. We just signed Paddy. He gets off on a run of scoring yeah. goals. He scores in like eight in a row or something. And even I, even as we get through the final, there's just this belief of, well, Brentford will still win because that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. And yet they just yeah, don't. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's magic. Did you go to Wembley? Were you at the game? I wasn't, unfortunately. I was playing cricket for Kingston. <laughs> I'd committed to that, not thinking like most people we wouldn't get to the final. And then we all had it. I mean, literally the whole village, which is what, 10 minutes from 15 minutes from Yeovil. Um, I did my driving test in, in Yeovil. So I know the roads well and I know every sort of village, village along the way. And I swear to God that we were playing in Kingston, which is by the Manor School of Cricket Pit. I swear to God, every village between us and Yeovil had come to the Kingston cricket ground to watch the game on someone's little iPad. And it was like, I mean, what, I couldn't tell you what happened in the cricket, but I could tell you every minute of what happened in the playoff final. Um, so, yeah, and that was actually really lovely because you had lots of the old villagers and lots of sort of youngsters as well enjoy, enjoying it. And again, it go, kind of goes back to my early memories of being at Hewish Park and going to watch them. It's a real community club and I'm very disappointed that 
the reports I'm hearing are that it's perhaps lost a bit of that charm because that to me is what Yeovil is is all about basically. Well, well, we'll get on to that because the final question of the five is what yeah, YTFC yeah. means to me. I, I want to ask about your favourite player because you have named in the few minutes that we've been chatting some very iconic players there. If I had to take you to one to one player, who would you choose? Well, I, the thing is, I know he'll listen to it and he'll be raging if I don't mention him. So Sam's my best mate from the, the football club. So a special mention to him. <laughs> but... Oh, it's, it's so difficult because the best player I've seen play there, I'd say, is Luke. And it's unsurprising that he's gone on to do what he's done. But I I probably would have to say Kevin because he was like the first footballer that I idolised at Yeovil. Now, subsequently, we've had some really good footballers. I thought Ed Upson was quality. In yes. he, I think he scored our winner against Millwall in the first game of the championship. Yeah. Um, and that was after the back of the season before. And I was like, oh, mate, it's going to carry on. We'll be in the Premier League next year. And then obviously that backfired. But honestly, Byron Webster, uh, he was brilliant. And he, he he's a mate of mine, Joe Edwards. You know, all, all these, the, the League One team that got us into the championship, I, I give special mention to them. Team of the team of my lifetime would be them. But I have to give Kevin Gould the, the, the shout because he was the one, I, the first player I really idolised at Yeovil. We'll have to tell Kev that. We will definitely let him know. For for me, it's always. I don't want him to think I'm a massive fangirl. I tried to play it cool when he when he tweeted me, but it's it's fine. To be fair, we're used to it. I'm I'm a massive Sam Foley fangirl, so you're You're absolutely you're absolutely (laughs) right to give that shout out as well. I don't mind one little bit. Um, mine mine's Gavin Williams. It's got to be Gavin Williams. What a player. Um. So let's let's move on to the final question then. What YTFC means to you? I've loved hearing about how long you've been a fan. I've loved hearing about sticking with us through sort of good times, bad times. You've enjoyed the ride to the championship. What what does the football club mean to to to, to you? Well, I, I think I've sort of touched on it in, uh, in parts throughout this this chat, but but it's very important for me that a club and a town like Yeovil has a a football club. I I, I think I wrote about it somewhere, but. It kind of, to me, is as a fan, is the kind of the beating heart of the town, really, and it's an incredibly nostalgic place because, sub, you know, since I moved from Somerset, I live in London, and I, as I say, I don't get to go and visit my friends or play cricket in the in the field in Kingston anymore as much as I'd like. But, but my, and I'm not being over exaggerative here, my, the happiest years of my life were, without a shadow of a doubt, growing up in Somerset with my mates. That involved playing rugby for Somerton, playing cricket for Kingston, going to watch football at Hewish. So it's like a really nostalgic, warm sort of thing in my life, basically. And I'm I'm adamant that I'll be moving back to Somerset at some stage because that is very much home and home is where the heart is. But fundamentally, Yeovil, to me, and the memories I have are of a, a, a group of people that massively overachieve and overachieved whilst doing it in absolutely the right way with a smile on your face with a welcoming attitude you can walk around freely you can be unaccompanied to a certain extent if you're a a youngster or a young adult and you don't have to worry about it it's a very safe place or it certainly was a very safe place during my childhood and it gave us as we've touched on with the likes of Nottingham Forest some real highs so as I say, I, I keep going on about it. I really hope it doesn't lose that feeling because to me, it's everything that a young child, a young man should feel about something they sort of fall in love with. It's got everything about it and a real charm that comes with it that they should be very proud of. 
Um, and yeah, like I say, I, I hope that hasn't been lost because I'd, I very much would like younger boys and girls in Somerset to experience what I experienced growing up. Because to me, it is honestly, as I said a few moments ago, is that it's the happiest memories I will ever have. And I've been around the world, lived in Australia for a few years. I've worked in Dubai, America, but coming home to to Somerset and in particular Hewish Park will be the one thing that puts a, the biggest smile on my face. Oh, wow. Oh, you nearly got me choked up. That's amazing. That, that, there's, there's nowhere we can go from that. That is the perfect way to end the first famous fans five. I that that little ending there is absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time, Ollie, to speak to us on the Glovers Cast. I really appreciate you, uh, yeah, coming and saying hello. No worries, all. Thanks so much for asking me on. I'm very flattered. Thank you. Thank you so much. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard. Making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 